Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of a football Friday live right here on the early line on SportsGrid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And technical issues be damned. Donnie Wright's side mm-hmm. will be here for the entirety of these next two hours as we will be together to get you set for a Sunday slate in the National Football League. A full Sunday slate, Donnie. 14 games on Sunday. Nobody has a bye week randomly. Week number eight in some marquee matchups that we highlight light here in the late afternoon window on Sunday as well two more hours to go up until 11 a.m. Eastern live right here on the early line yes and I am excited to be here because why I'm actually here Ben and able to talk communicate and it looks like from my picture here you know nice little you know hold on let me just get this right let's go yeah yeah, yeah. all right hour number two yeah yeah let's get after it let's go let's go now, do you remember the time a couple of years ago when you, myself, and Kevin were hosting a March Madness in-game live special? And Kevin, yeah. Kevin was dealing with an identity fraud charge, and so he had to leave, and we never knew when he was coming back. That's what it felt like for a little bit in this opening hour with you. But I am glad you are here entering hour number two. Yes, and also, what nobody in the back was going to help you out there. No shames on air. No Frizo no. on air. Who was actually going to no. jump in? And by the way, I want to know, were the phone lines burning? Did we have to call George yeah. Kurtz to try to get hour number two underway? Because I know <laughs> that probably happened behind the scenes here. Absolutely. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. You, no, no you know the utility hitter, George Kurtz, yeah. always ready to fill in. Give us his thoughts on the frozen frenzy from a couple of nights ago in the NHL as well. We welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to our second hour of three on the early line on this football Friday. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And let's keep it moving through the week eight Sunday slate. The marquee matchup of the weekend, Donnie, I think it's fair to say, out in Santa Clara, in San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. It's the Niners hosting the Bengals. Cincy fresh off the bye. And at this moment, Donnie, we expect Sam Darnold to get the start for San Francisco with Brock Purdy remaining in concussion protocol. But the line, as you saw right there, has worked back up in favor of the Niners. Four and a half. It was five and a half earlier this week when Purdy was available. Purdy enters concussion protocol on Wednesday. We get that update all day yesterday. Three and a half. Now four and a hook in favor of Sam Fran. Donnie, what does that say to you about who is playing quarterback on Sunday in Santa Clara for the 49ers? 
Let's go big picture, Ben, right? And so many times, and of course, we've heard from Dr. Chow. Usually when you're getting concussions now, you're missing the next week. It used to be get a concussion on Sunday. You know, you go through the protocols Monday and Tuesday. You're back on the practice field. And nobody even batted an eye. I was like, oh, wow. He didn't come back from five days from a concussion. I wonder really what's wrong there in that situation. And you're also looking at the 49ers from that big picture perspective. Next week, going to have a bye week. So maybe just resting up your young quarterback. And quite frankly, it's not as if you're going to like an undrafted free agent that just was brought in on a Tuesday yeah. because you needed another quarterback arm. He's been in the system, Sam Darnold, and from all intents and purposes, Kyle Shannon said how good he's actually looked. And I also agree with the San Francisco 49ers here. There's no reason to panic here. I think Darnold could do a bang-up job in this game. Now, the good thing is that you're back home here. You have two straight losses. The defense, yep. the one thing that we always look at the Cincinnati Bengals and try to press them on is what? Can you protect Joe Burrow in the pocket? We know the San Francisco pass rush is devastating. Did it look that way against Minnesota? Not necessarily. But if that gets home, yeah. That's going to be a big boon to San Francisco here. But if we're looking at just Darnold and how he can operate, I don't think there's actually much of a drop-off. Now, the spread, as you saw, Ben, right, six down to three and a half, there is a difference here because why Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, and the statistics tell us with both record and his performance on the field. But Sam Darnold does add a dimension to that offense where – the read option with Christian McCaffrey can be put into turbo drive now. And also, the one thing we do know about Cincinnati's defense, it struggled against yeah. the run. This might be the perfect defense to get for the San Francisco 49ers to lean on a healthy now. Run CMC in that backfield. McCaffrey should have a touchdown and probably 100 total yards in this game. And Sam Darnold should be able to perform. I would be mildly surprised if Cincinnati goes on the road and picks up that upset, even with Darnold at quarterback. The Bengals, the fourth worst rushing defense in the National Football League, giving up 143 yards per game. You would think if there was an offense to take advantage of that, it would be Kyle Shanahan orchestrating an offense that feeds Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel might get involved if he is healthy as well. Whatever pre-snap motion is used to confuse that Bengals front and still gain a ton of yardage on the ground. The reason, Donnie, there is now some question about who the quarterback is going to be Brock Purdy was at practice yesterday for San Francisco but again Donnie is correct all year long if somebody has been placed in concussion protocol they have not played that following game in the same week it doesn't mean they haven't come back at a later date but they have not been placed or they have not played the game in the same week they were placed in concussion protocol and Brock Purdy placed in concussion protocol this week. Now, there is a sample size, of course, on Sam Darnold, not necessarily in San Francisco. And if there was any offense to highlight the best of his abilities and whatever they might be, you would think it would be this 49ers unit. And Donnie, that's why I actually think San Francisco wins this football game, despite the fact mm -hmm. I believe the Bengals keep it close. I think it's going to be decided by a field goal. And how would that make you believe, Donnie, in Cincinnati? Would it be a testament to this Bengals team competing with the best in a tough spot on the road in Santa Clara? Or would it still be a statement on Cincy, maybe not being the true conference contender we expected them to be entering this season? Correct. You can't just have this many losses, Ben. They're 3-3 three and three right now. Yeah. So if they lose by a field goal in San Francisco, hey, man, measuring stick game, we didn't add up. No, that would mean you'd be dropped to 6-2 and two at that point, right? That we say, okay, well, they can afford some losses here. You can't pile up because the one thing, again, I keep getting back to this point. 
The Bengals, even if they lose this game, Ben, are still good enough to make the playoffs. Is that if you have to go yeah. on the road for three playoff games before the Super Bowl? And we're not talking about going, there, oh, they can match up against the Titans. You're like, no, it's going to be teams like the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs or the Miami Dolphins that you're on the road against. The key in the AFC, the key to winning a Super Bowl, even in the NFC, yeah. get home field advantage for as long as you possibly can. And if it does mean that you have the first two games at home and then you go on the road, so big. It. It's very rare. Teams have done it in the past, but there's been over, what, 50-plus Super Bowls here when do you see a wild card team go on the road and sweep all the way through it has happened but it's extremely rare you got to win this game for the Bengals this week there's no excuses they're coming off a bye they're healthy they should compete yeah and DRS when you think about Cincinnati last year a team that also started two and three what they did down the home stretch as good as you will find 10 of their 11 final games they won eight consecutive to end the year they were a 12 win football team of course only playing 16 games a season ago with a final result they don't necessarily need to do that this year but again the margin of error is not necessarily oh they can go seven and six down the home stretch and still find their way into the postseason it starts this week in a big spot against San Francisco. More around the NFL in week number eight. Up next, live right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A few huge AFC North, NFC West matchups in the late afternoon window of this Week 8 Sunday slate in the National Football League. Welcome back to a Football Friday Live right here on TEL. He is Donnie and I am Ben. So, Donnie, the importance in Santa Clara on Sunday should also be noted. San Francisco trying to avoid a three-game losing skid, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Bengals because... If they fall to five and three and the Seahawks get a victory against a shorthanded Cleveland Browns team, it would be Seattle at five and two. And at the moment after week number eight in that first place position in the NFC West, but enter the Cleveland Browns, a four and two football team. Donnie, a three and a half point spread in favor of the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday afternoon. The over under 38 and a half. It is pretty minimal. 
We got the update earlier this week that P.J. Walker will make his second start in the past three weeks for Cleveland. He did not start last week for the Browns. It was Deshaun Watson, but after a dreadful start in the shoulder still causing problems, he was one for five for five yards and an INT. P.J. Walker played the majority in the rest of that game. So knowing P.J. Walker is out there, that's Tyson Bajant. I don't believe that's P.J. Walker. Let's not confuse the people here mm, with a Chicago like Bears that. graphic. Ooh. That's good stuff, though. P.J. looks good, though, in <laughs> Chicago if they ever need to make some moves. Anyway, Donnie, Somebody what do you think thing? Cleveland can do for a third straight week with P.J. Walker in Seattle? Look, it's hard to go on the road and win football games. It's even harder to do with backups. And when you're going up against the 12s here, it's going to be loud in that environment. And also keep in mind, what's the quarterback's best friend, Ben, when you head into a road game? Give me a really good running game. Go to the practice reports here for the Cleveland Browns this week and take a look at those. How about this? Running back Jerome for a doubtful ankle injury. Wednesday and Thursday, no practice. We know the Friday practice report is the most important one. Also, take a look at, hey, it's nice to have Kareem Hunt as a solid backup. Well, look at this here. Questionable with a thigh injury. Skip practice Wednesday. Back to practicing on a limited basis on Thursday here. It's a tough scene for them, but also... How about from a Seattle perspective here? Kenneth Walker III is an unbelievably talented and a hammer yeah. at the running back position. We don't even know if he's going this weekend. And also, take a look at the wide receiving core for the Seattle, for the Seattle Seahawks as well. DK Metcalf looks like he's possibly going to come back this weekend, still dealing with the hip and rib injury that kept him out last week. But also, Lockett pops yeah. up again on that injury report with the hamstring injury. You got two teams not full go this weekend. So looking at this yeah. game optimistically, it's probably Twitter. But to be honest... I think it's probably going to be close. That hook is really big for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But I don't know if it's enough to give me that, you know what, I really want to lay the wood here with the Cleveland Browns on the road with P.J. Walker at quarterback. Because when they lose that football game by, let's just say, six yeah. points, you say, come on, man. Did you just outsmart yourself here? I look at the under as the best play in this game overall, Ben. The former Chicago Bear, P.J. Walker, confirmed that was P.J. just in the wrong game. So a slight mistake, but we apologize for it. 197 and a half, though, for P.J. Walker, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, is his passing yards prop. Cleveland as an underdog this year, one in one straight up and against the spread. Of course, that outright victory two Sundays ago at home against San Francisco. Seattle, four and two, Donnie. They have covered in all four of their victories, three of them as a favorite. And the interesting thing about Kenneth Walker III, last week, 26 carries, 105 yards against Arizona. In the four games previous to that, because he didn't score last Sunday against the Cardinals, six touchdowns in a four-game span. He is integral to this offense for the Seahawks. Again, I think that hook is monumental. I do not think the Seattle Seahawks storm past the Cleveland Browns. Do they win this football game? Yes, in my estimation, but I don't think they storm past the Cleveland Browns. All right, Donnie, elsewhere, it's a debut for Will Levis, the second overall pick in the second round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Levis set to get the start on Sunday at home in Nashville for the Titans against the Atlanta Falcons. It's a two-and-a-half-point number in favor of Atlanta. The over-under minimal, 35-and-a-half. Donnie, what do you expect out of Levis in his NFL debut? I don't expect much here, but I expect the game plan is going to be tailored around what he does well. We know he has a live arm and he's an athletic quarterback. 
but he here getting a taste of action here in a big game. I wouldn't say it's a big game technically for the Tennessee Titans, Ben, because what do we expect the remaining parts of the season? Well, maybe King Henry's gone by the Tuesday deadline here. Maybe they move on from Ryan Tannehill, trade one yep. of their defensive prospects on the defensive line. We don't know about that, but we can only center focus on this game alone. If we're looking at the Tennessee Titans offense as a whole, does it get any better whether they have a rookie quarterback, a great quarterback or not? Just like they're destined here, just playing in mud. Westbrook, a Kinney, wide receiver. Who knows if their young rookie, Burks, is ever going to take the field again. DeAndre Hopkins and no-show practice yesterday. Things aren't going in the right direction. So the only way I can look towards this is the Atlanta Falcons. But keep in mind this as well. Isn't everybody looking towards the Atlanta Falcons? And, oh, Will Levis in there. Titans looking to trade everybody away. So what's your biggest question on this game, Ben? It's not who's actually going to play. Why is that line sitting there at two and a half? You saw last week the Falcons weren't all that great, but they went on the road and got a division victory. Aren't they supposed to just go on the road here against a rookie quarterback, play decent football, and business? One would think that, but it's the same way you take a look yesterday with that Milwaukee Bucks game for the Philadelphia 76ers. The numbers are baked into it. It's not a dartboard. They don't open the number and say, well, we can't move it now. We had no idea a rookie yeah. quarterback's going to play. Everybody knows that's the case at this point here. So I look for a slow-it-down game. And also, if it is going to be a slow-it-down, look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, Ben. 35 and a half. Look, can we get down Oof. to those Iowa numbers at this point where both teams say, who's going to make the first mistake in this game? And hopefully Bijan Robinson does play in this one. I still would take the Atlanta Falcons. This game screams 17-14 to 14 oh. final, though, doesn't no it? No doubt. Yeah, absolutely so. And listen, the Falcons literally tried to give the football game away last week in Tampa. Three red zone turnovers. Desmond Ritter fumbled at the goal line twice, and still the Falcons somehow, some way, won by three on a walk-off 51-yard field goal from Youngway Koo. Now, here's what I will say. I don't like the Atlanta Falcons. I don't believe the Atlanta Falcons should be laying a number on the road to anybody. They have been a terrible road team the last two years under Arthur Smith. But I don't like Will Levis. What I do like is Mike Frabel. Much in the same way that Mike Tomlin finds a way to muck it up and win a football game, so too does Vrabel. Since he became the head coach in Nashville in 2018, the Titans, Donnie, are 28-18 and one against the spread as an underdog. It's a game they shouldn't win. It's a game they probably even shouldn't be very close, even fresh off the bye with a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut. But somehow, some way, they're staying in this football game. Now, an interesting game, Donnie, because we already know the Titans have sold off Kevin Byer, the safety on his way to Philadelphia. What is Tennessee going to do in the next few days before Tuesday's NFL trade deadline on Halloween? The same question, Donnie, for the Minnesota Vikings. Are the Vikings bought back in? They have won two straight games, three of their last four, now only a game below 500, an NFC North rivalry at Lambeau on Sunday afternoon. The Packers and the Vikings at a virtual pick'em. It is minus 126 on the side of Minnesota, plus 108 for the Packers at home. Green Bay has looked terrible. They have lost three straight. Donnie, in this game that the odds makers expect to be close, who gets the win? I'll tell you right now, the thing I like about the FanDuel Sportsbook is on Friday, they put up the statistics, at least the betting statistics here. And I'm actually shocked by this. Did you know at the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, Ben, 70%, excuse me, 77% of the tickets 
coming in on the Minnesota Vikings here on the road with that sloppy line of minus one and a half. And by the way, if you're just reading lines, that is a stone cold Minnesota Vikings line here. But that just tells you everything about the Green Bay Packers. What is actually going on at this point with the Packers? You're home against the Vikings and underdogs right here. That tells you how badly they've been playing. But if I'm going to look at the microcosm of this game compared to the totality of the season, how about that layout here? It's got to be the Packers. It's got to be the Packers in this game. Come on now. Three touchdowns, seven interceptions from Jordan Love in the last four for Green Bay. It has not been pretty. We are going to continue a football Friday. NFL college football. That's next. Live right here on TEL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a football Friday here on the Sports Grid Network. You already know that, but now we're going to get down with some college football this weekend, some exciting times on the gridiron, and I cannot believe it, Ben Stevens. We are already here in week mm. number nine. If we take a look at the Pac-12, let's get out there first. A 3.30 p.m. start, 165-166 on the rotation. That's Oregon and Utah. How about this? The FanDuel Sportsbook opened this line, Ben. Minus five and a half. Now we sit at six and a half as a favorite towards the Oregon Ducks on the road with Bo Nix. Then we take Take a look at Utah here. This total, 52 and a half, now sits at 47 and a half. We know the pathway forward to victory probably for Utah is not to get into a shootout with the Oregon Ducks. And quite frankly, the Oregon Ducks have a much better defense than the USC Trojans do have. So if we're looking at this game objectively, it is about winning and moving on in the Pac-12. If you go unbeaten to be in the championship, but... If you have one loss, do you need those sweeteners here by blowing football teams out in your conference on the road? Well, Donnie, it's really interesting because I don't believe that Oregon is going to blow out Utah. In fact, I don't really believe anybody should be laying close to a touchdown in Rice-Eccles, where Utah has the third longest active home win streak in all of college football in Salt Lake. 18 straight wins for the Utes at Rice-Eccles entering this matchup. Only Georgia and Michigan have more consecutive wins at home in this active streak. And 
Why do I say that, Donnie? Because Utah is the staple of consistency in college football. Kyle Whittingham is the staple of consistency at the coaching position in college football. One of the reasons, Donnie, I thought the Utes would give USC trouble last week in the Coliseum, would certainly cover as a touchdown underdog, and maybe even went outright to which they did, is because USC can't stop the run. And that's all Utah was going to do. They are physically dominant on one side, defensively up front and they are going to run it down your throat whether you like it or not they have Jaquindon Jackson who has been their leading rusher all year and now Sione Vaki has taken over Donnie a guy that plays two ways a safety on the defense and a man that can do it all in the backfield Utah had three guys last week including starting quarterback Bryson Barnes run for 50 or more yards but that's against USC Oregon is a much better defense than the Trojans. Oregon is as good of a defense as you will find, not only in the Pac-12, Donnie, but all of college football. Are they able to limit what Utah wants to do offensively if it gets one-dimensional? Oregon wins this football game. In my estimation, Donnie, I think they snapped the 18-game active home winning streak for Utah in Rice-Eccles. But covering as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, I think is going to be difficult. Oregon has all the tools to be the team to lay seven in Rice-Eccles and actually win by margin. The best total offense in the country, 553 yards per game, averaging 47 points per game. As good of a rushing offense, if not better than what Utah is going to do with a component of Bo Nix on the road leading this Ducks offense. I'm just not so sure it happens because I haven't seen it happen, Donnie, in the better part of three college football seasons. I don't know who covers this football game. I think Oregon wins, but I think it's one possession late into the fourth quarter tomorrow afternoon in Salt Lake. What could have been here for Utah if they had Cam rising? So questions always mm. at the quarterback, which is a perfect segue to the next game here in the ACC. That's Duke and Louisville. 3.30 p.m. kickoff here. Duke goes on the road. Yeah, they're getting points in this game. Why? The question marks popping up with Riley Leonard, who played against Florida State, seemingly may have re-injured that ankle. We don't know if he's going to be 100% or even going in this football game. But Louisville is the four-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite. The total ultra-low at 46-and-a-half. If Riley Leonard goes, if he doesn't go, give me some opportunities here on what we're thinking about in this game between Duke and Louisville. Yeah, DRS, I think that's the key component of this football game. What is the status of Riley Leonard? The fact he even played last week on the road in Tallahassee against Florida State is a testament to him. A high ankle sprain that he suffered in the loss late against Notre Dame. A bye week for Duke for him to recover. A game against the in-state foe in NC State. They did not need him. The young Henry Beal in the fourth was just fine. But if, if it's Henry Beal in the fourth here in this spot, DRS, against Louisville, I can't take the four and a half points with Duke. If we know Riley Leonard is going to play the duration and is somewhere around 90% effective, I will take the four and a half with Duke. I think they might even win outright. Why? Because I believe in Riley Leonard. But he is the offense for Duke, right? You have Jordan Waters. It adds an additional component in the ground game. That's where Duke's bread is buttered on the offensive side of the football in the Blue Devils defensively under Mike Elko as good as you will find a top 10 passing defense in the country they should be able to limit what Jack Plummer and Jeff Brom want to do on the other side for the cards but without the status completely clear for Riley Leonard and 
I believe he'll probably start, Donnie, but what does that mean? Is he going to be out there for all four quarters, like we saw last week in Tallahassee, where he had to leave early against Florida State, allowing the Seminoles to win by 18 points, to come back and cover as north of a two-touchdown favorite? Until we know the status for sure, I can't really bet this game. In-game is where I would look. And if Duke is competitive early and remains the underdog and Riley Leonard is out there and looks healthy and effective, I might even sprinkle live Duke money line because I, I think they can win this football game if Riley Leonard is there. Healthy and effective here. That's one thing we're talking about the Georgia Bulldogs won't have with their superstar young tight end in Brock. Mr. Brock. Now, if he doesn't play in this game, right, which he's not, he's going to be sitting out four to six weeks here, maybe gets back for the championship. Let's take a look here at Georgia and Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, sensational atmosphere, split 50-50 in tickets, seemingly now dominated by the Georgia Bulldogs. They're 14 and a half point favorites in this football game, a total of 49 and a half. Both teams should be rested and ready for this duel. The question is for us, do we think Georgia's going to win? Yeah, they're 14 and a half point favorites. My yeah. question to you, Ben, is can the Florida Gators sneak inside that number here and see what's going to happen, even Brock Bowers or no Brock Bowers? I don't know if they could have stayed yeah. within that 14 and a half anyway here. Yeah, absolutely so, Donnie. That is the question in this football game. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party is going to go to Georgia. I do not believe UF can pull off the outright upset tomorrow in Jacksonville. But can they cover as north of a two-touchdown underdog? I believe they might be able to. But here is my concern. Donnie, if you would have talked to me about the Gators team in the opening month and a half of this year before the Kentucky game, that was one of the top 10 rushing defenses and total defenses in the country, I would have said, yes, Florida is going to cover as a two-touchdown dog because they can stop the run. And now that's what Georgia's offensive identity, you would think, has to be led by a healthy Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards. But Florida has been getting gashed on the ground of course it was sweet baby ray davis in their loss in kentucky they held on to come back last week against south carolina of course that led to shane beamer kicking something and breaking his foot but what does south carolina a team that normally airs it out what were they able to do against florida run it for 152 yards and mario anderson the leading rusher for the gamecocks last week at 98 yards i believe georgia focuses on the ground and that's where i think georgia is able to win this game comfortably now double digits might be comfortable but it might not mean a cover the bulldogs a perfect seven and oh straight up one and six against the spread billy napier drs dating back to his four years as the head coach at louisiana has been incredible covering numbers as an underdog that is carried over now into his year and a half in gainesville florida as a dog six and three against the spread if i was picking a side i think that hook could be tremendous to have florida staying within this number i do believe georgia wins though in the cocktail party tomorrow man i'm going to ask you a question here as we wrap up this segment to bean or not to bean that is the question here mm. jaylos look like he's going to man which means jason bean inserted into the starting lineup once again for the kansas jayhawks however this line opened up at 10 and a half now we're below double digits a favorite of oklahoma at the fanduel sportsbook at nine and a half other outlets ben now showing some nines on the board even though your starting quarterback is going to be out for this game 65 and a half as a total is listed currently at the fanduel sportsbook brought this up earlier this week when we had mark zeno on how about this ben Kickoff, 11 a.m. local, 40-degree temperatures. Oklahoma, Kansas, are we heating up on the football field here? 
I think so, Donnie. I think this is going to be a great game. And I think it is a Sooners statement. Now, if Jalen Daniels was playing in this game for Kansas, no knock against Jason Bean that has experience and is as good of a backup quarterback with very little drop-off from starter to backup as you could want in college football. But Jalen Daniels elevates this Kansas team, the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, to a different level. If Jalen Daniels was playing, Kansas stays within the number. Now, when you look at what Kansas is going to do, Devin Neal, Daniel Hyshaw, they're two running backs. They are going to try to run against an Oklahoma defense that has been leaking oil against the run in their last two games. In the Red River rivalry, Jonathan Brooks went off even last week against UCF. The Knights put up a ton of offensive yardage against OU. That is Kansas's path to a potential upset or a cover as a nine and a half point underdog. But the reason, Donnie, I am optimistic once again on Oklahoma is because of the defensive improvements under Brent Venables. I think this this is an opportunity for Oklahoma to say, hey, we're here. We're going to win the Big 12. We are going to play in a college football playoff, and our defense will look the part alongside our offense. I think Oklahoma wins by double digits. I think Oklahoma covers tomorrow DRS as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. How about that? And you know where to get that started for the weekend with the boys here. College football today, tomorrow, 9 a.m. sharp. Make sure you're there right here on the Sports Radio Network. Check out the fellas breaking all the games and much, much more, which does include, I believe, an extra hour of the boys staying live it at 12 o'clock, ready to rock and roll into the afternoon. Ooh, say no more here. We are the place to be for football season, which includes Mike Blewett coming up next. We're going to talk Stewart football right here on the grid. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back live right here on a football Friday on the early line on Sports Grid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And the man in the middle is Mike Blewett. Time to run through some more games for the NFL Sunday slate. Blue, thanks for joining us here on TEL. That we did. 43 and a half stays under in Buffalo mm. last night. So week eight Crazy. now already underway. A divisional duel, Mike in Denver on Sunday afternoon. The Broncos and the Chiefs. Denver a seven and a half point underdog. Is that enough 
for the Broncos to cover against a team they have lost 16 consecutive games against that would be the Kansas City Chiefs who dropped the opening game of the year and now have won six straight blue they are uh, one of the best records in the NFL at six and one alongside Philadelphia so I think the question here blew it is not is Kansas City going to lose this football game outright in mile high but can Kansas City cover as north of a touchdown favorite against the Broncos so there was an there was a legit trend for a long time that Kansas City was winning games but not covering but honestly in the last 10 games they've been good and I think there's a I think people should remember that there were for a long time a lot of inflated lines surrounding the Chiefs but this Chiefs team we're already seeing they're one of the best defenses in the league and obviously Patrick Mahomes despite not having some of the higher end weapons that he's had in the past is able to function as he did the other day 400 yards you have Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco are really the two major weapons there he's trying to mix in guys like MVS and Rasheed Rice when possible so maybe the style points aren't the same but the winning is I think it is worth noting though that they are two and eight on the road against the number in the AFC in their last 10 but uh, as you pointed out Ben they've dominated the Broncos 10 and 5 against the number in mile high so uh, and the Broncos themselves, two and eight at home versus the AFC. That seven and a half number is scary. They are a road divisional favorite, and that's not really my favorite thing to bet into. So I'll be honest, my angle in this game is the Chiefs going over their team total in the first half. It's 13 and a half. They average 17.9 points per game in the first half. I think there's ways that you could pick this apart. There's uh, an emotional win against the Chargers. There's a, a big game coming up in Germany against Miami next week. Is this sort of a doldrums game? Is it a trap game? I think they get the win, but I'm not going to mess around with the seven and a half. I'll just take that team total because I feel like they'll be able to score points like they have every week in the first half. Mike, if I equate two teams here, college football team like Alabama, oh, they don't really have too much of a chance to win the national championship. Oh, wait a second. They're unbeaten in SEC play. Yeah, they're a really good football team. I feel like looking at Kansas City, they tripped up opening night against Detroit. They're not winning the ways they usually do in the past. Hey, look at this. A high-flying 41-point effort. They win by 10 here. They're doing it on defense here, which is pretty impressive. But the one thing I'm looking forward to for the Chiefs is how they use these young wide receivers and how they get better in the system for the remaining parts of the season. Let me just do a big picture. Mm look for you with the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. because they might not be as impressive as, as electric on offense, but they're still getting the job done. This is a defense that we haven't seen for the Chiefs in a couple years here. What are your prognosis here on the AFC? Do they win the division? Do they win the AFC? And also from a Super Bowl perspective? Well, they're top five in DVOA on offense and defense right now. I think for those of us that have been watching the Chiefs for this last seven years, in particular, since Patrick Mahomes has arrived on the scene, we have seen Steve Spagnuolo's defense get gradually better throughout the season, start creating more turnovers, start becoming a bigger force later in the year. We're already at that point with them. Now, they've lost Nick Bolton for a period of time, and that is a blow to the defense. But we have seen other guys step up, particularly defensive backs, and Chris Jones is, is really playing at an all-pro level I think we're going to continue to see them be able to put a stranglehold on teams defensively that we don't often see in the first half of the year. They haven't had their bye week yet, and there's a legit chance that this team could be 8-1 and one going into a bye week. As Even yeah. for the highest hopes of the Chiefs, I don't know that anybody would predict that, and the only game they lose is by one point. So 
as far as big picture is concerned, I still think there's many things to sort out in the AFC. The Baltimore offense, I think, is about to explode. It did last week. I think that trend mm -hmm. continues. Are they good enough on the interior lines to be able to beat somebody like the Chiefs? The Chiefs are going to end up at this pace as the number one seed again. They'll get a bye. They'll have home games. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes yeah. famously has not played a road playoff game yet. It's a huge advantage Crazy. for them. Uh, the teams like the Bengals and the Ravens, I think, are legit challengers. Miami has to show us something next week in particular to see if they can hold up defensively. They have not been doing that in the games where they need to. So I think they're a step yep. back, and, and everybody that watches the Bills week in, week out knows that they're a good team, but they have major warts when it comes to trying to win a Super Bowl. The defense has really been leading the way for Kansas City. And then last week, the offense picked it up. Patrick Mahomes, 424 yards, four touchdown tosses to four different wide receivers, including Travis Kelsey. 12 grabs, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Here are the numbers for Sunday in Mile High. Minus 145 for Trav to find the end zone. I'm betting that. Why? Because today on this Friday, it's the release of 1989. Taylor's version of course <laughs> Travis Kelsey and his new girlfriend Taylor Swift both born in the year 1989 Mike Blewett the battle of the Big Apple played in New Jersey it's the New York Jets and the New York Giants the Giants listed as the home team in MetLife it's a three point spread in favor of the road team that would be the New York Jets you can see how minimal the total is 36 and a half trending down to 35 and a half elsewhere as well blew at the battle of New York New York versus New York Jets versus Giants who gets the win so it's a good one. Obviously, this uh, this game appears to be a hard under from the outset, but you start messing around with 36 and a half point totals in the NFL, it can get pretty dicey. I, the one thing that's got to be somewhat encouraging for Giants fans is, and it's not denigrating Daniel Jones in any way, but Daniel Jones trying to be out there getting beat up behind a patchwork offensive line was a hindrance to the team. Now, it's not like they exploded offensively last week. They scored 14 points in a victory. But I think Terod Taylor has provided some stability to the Giants' offense. I think they can I, – I don't know that we're going to see much of a higher-scoring game than we saw with them against Washington last week. I think this game all comes down to, unfortunately for Jets fans, Zach Wilson. And they're probably feeling good because we've had a couple of games in a row where Zach's been – relatively turnover free and they've been able to uh, pull off uh, most recently a victory but yep. uh, I, I just don't know that Zach Wilson is going to hold up to this one this is going to be a heavy dose of Brees Hall for them to be able to control the clock here and keep Saquon Barkley and the Giants off the field I, I think my angle here is I'm going to attack Brees Hall props i think that's the one thing that you can bank on in this game i expect a field goal game i do expect it to be lower scoring uh, but i'll probably attack a half on the total as opposed to the 36 and a half you could i think both of you could see a potential defensive touchdown in this game both teams susceptible to that
Bringing stability to the quarterback position. Next, we're going to go over the Saints and the Colts. Neither team apparently has that. And Derek Carr is back and healthy, but certainly not operating that offense at the level we thought it would be as they're under 500. You take a look at the Colts, 3-4 and four also on their season. Anthony Richards down for the remaining parts of the season. Gardner Minshew will be in. But how about this game? A true coin flip. A road favorite here for the New Orleans Saints here. Mike at a minus one price. If we take a look at the total at a 43-and-a-half. This is one of those games on the schedule before the season. I looked for the Saints and said that should be a victory regardless of who's at quarterback for the Colts, but not so much anymore. Do the Colts play up to the challenge here and get that slight upset win at home this weekend, or can the Saints get back on track? Tough teams to bet on, right, Donnie? They are really inconsistent. Colts had an interesting performance against the Browns. It It was a pretty wild game, right? They made huge mistakes, but also had big explosive plays on offense. Browns making a bunch of mistakes uncharacteristically on defense. I've said it every week on this show. The Saints are an auto bet to the under. They had gone 12 games in a row. They finally went over last time out. I'm going back to the under. I expect sort of a, an ugly slugfest. We're going to get under 43 and a half on this one. Yeah. I will lean towards the Saints but you to, to make an official selection, but you won't find me getting anywhere near a side in this game. I'm just expecting uh, less points than 44. And that's the way we're going to attack it. If you want me to pick Derek Carr or Gardner Minshew in a game like this, I'm out. I just really, I have no idea. I would lean towards the Saints. But, uh, I mean, the fact that Derek Carr has gone out there and thrown the ball over 50 times two games in a row boggles my mind. Blewett, let's play Saints under trivia again. How many consecutive (laughs) road games has New Orleans gone to the under? I believe it is... Eight. I I thought it was seven or eight. Yes, but still a ridiculous streak going toward the under. You're getting an inflated total because Indianapolis's defense can't stop anybody. And even last week, we saw 39-38 in the Browns-Colts game. We're going under 43-and-a-half. If the Saints are playing, it is more than likely an under. Sunday night football in SoFi. The Chargers and the Bears. The Bolts at home an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. You heard that correctly. The Los Angeles Chargers, a two-and-four football team, are laying eight-and-a-half points against the Chicago Bears. It's not Justin Fields. It's not P.J. Walker, the former Bear. It's Tyson Bajan leading the Bears onto the field on Sunday night in L.A. Blewett, is this game going to be more competitive than that eight-and-a-half-point spread says? I think it could be, if for no other reason that the Chargers have to play football in a fourth quarter, at which point nothing is safe. So, uh, yeah, I think it could be a relatively competitive game. Guys, the Bears are 6-1 and one to the over this year. They've played some wild games. They give up a lot of plays on defense. Obviously, Bajan is out there. Uh, and had a, had a game, I put up 30 points. They put up 30 points on the Raiders. I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting that he is... Uh, the Bears haven't lost a step with Justin Fields out, but I do think that this is a possibility where we have points back and forth that Chargers defense tends to be pretty leaky at times. I'm going to go over the 46 here. I'll suggest that the Bears keep it close if for no other reason that we get a, a backdoor fourth quarter cover like we saw last night with Tampa. 
Now, if we look at this game overall with the Chargers, we're trying to take a big picture approach. I actually expected the Chargers mm. to challenge this year with the with the uh, Chiefs in order to have that AFC West supremacy. And obviously, it looks like that is not going to be the case. Is the Chargers season salvageable for us to actually get back to the playoffs and actually get a playoff win for the Chargers or much more the same, just underperforming week after week after week, Mike? You know, the problem, guys, is they're two and four in an area of their schedule where they could not be two and four. I know they had a couple of tough yeah. games in a row, but to dump both of them, they had the Bears and then they're here in New York at the Jets. But then they have the Lions, they're at the Packers, the Ravens. They still have the Bills at Broncos and Chiefs on their schedule. There's just a lot of tough games out there for them. They have to start winning them. I don't have any faith in the Chargers. I don't think anybody does. But it won't stun me based on the talent of their team if they're they're grabbing that final playoff spot. Brandon Staley, to save his job on Sunday, has to arm wrestle Tyson's dad, Travis Pageant, a 28-time mm, world champion arm wrestler, to save his job. Blewett, have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you very much. More TEL next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ending out our number two of three live right here on this football Friday on Sports Grid. It's Ben, it's Donnie, and wherever you go, the Sports Grid app is there. The ultimate sports betting companion app available for download at both the Apple and the Play Store. You scan the QR code on your screen in a matter of moments, all of our insight and information in the palm of your hand. DRS, we talked about it at the start, but we really haven't dove in just yet it's a football friday and we just previewed pretty much the entirety of the week eight sunday slate we'll give you our pick six later on next hour in hour number three but on this friday donnie it's not just football it's the 2023 world series starting tonight in texas between the rangers and the diamondbacks so we wanted to hear from the people out there how long is this world series going to go will it be done in a sweep only five games six or seven we find out together and fade the public
Yeah, that public be chattering in the background. How many games yep. will the World Series go here in 2023? At Sports Grid TV on Twitter, that's where the question lives. Four, five, six, or seven. And Donnie, most of the public believing this series goes six games. Nearly 57% of the public, in fact. The second most selected option is five games. I wonder, Donnie, if you say six. Who that leads you to believe gets the win? Getting back to Arlington for six games, is that the Rangers or is it the Diamondbacks pulling off the upset? I actually think six probably benefits more the Diamondbacks. And again, you're right. It's not a 2-2-1-1-1. It's a 2-3-2 setup here. But if we're looking at yeah. you're trying to pull that madness again, winning game six and seven on the road, you better get it on game number six if that's the chance you have to clinch. Nobody wants to be on the road technically for a game number seven. I don't know. Maybe the Diamondbacks do. they? Because apparently Do they? they roll in game sevens in tough environments here. Six is the right play here. And the public is correct on this Friday morning. We are going to preview the World Series when Hour 3 starts in 55 seconds. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 